Pav, welcome to the Rockman podcast. How are we doing? I'm good, Terry. Thanks for having me. How's nice the t-shirt treating you? I can see you wearing it there. It's nice. You can see it is accentuating the pecs here. <laughs> there, you know, and you can see the, the Rockman logo. You know, it's, it's, it's nice on the arms, as you can see. You know. <laughs> Certainly filling it out better than I do, anyway. <laughs> no, it's just really nice. I, I do. I like the material. The construction is very good. Nice yeah, they, the quality is getting better. That's for sure. Um, as we're finding better suppliers um, and better printers as well, the quality is up. In I, I hope, I hope so, and I hope people are. Yeah, I really it. like even the the those the simple cotton ones are very nice and soft. It's mm. a very nice cotton that you have. So um, yeah, it's it's, it's a good um, good quality, nice to wear. Thank you very much. Well, before we dive in, Pav, I've got a couple of uh, public service announcements to read out, just so people. Uh, know who we are and what the hell we're doing here so i'm terry the founder of rockman and for those who don't know rockman is a mental resilience movement for those with a deep desire to test their limits forge unbreakable resilience and improve their well-being we provide the information tools and support to inspire action to overcome the most intimidating challenges possible in running fitness and life the aim of the podcast tonight is to offer up some insight and inspiration on pushing our limits hopefully inspiring others to go out and push their own limits in order to improve their own resilience, fitness, health, well-being, etc. And if you'd like to be notified of new podcast releases, be sure to hit the subscribe button or the follow button. And if you take some value from this podcast, please be sure to give us the thumbs up or leave us a review. Um, there's no money behind these podcasts. They're totally free. So we rely on the likes, shares, comments, reviews, subscribes to grow the audience. So any interaction is greatly appreciated. Um, and if you don't do it, uh, Papa said he's going to come round to your door personally and uh, give you a what for. <laughs> I'm a peaceful man, Terry. I'm a peaceful man. <laughs> yeah, he, he will peacefully, he will peacefully make you and force you to subscribe. I like it. So today we have Pav or Pav, Pav Van Deep. Oh, Singh. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. And for people who don't know, in one minute or less. Who the hell are you? Uh, I am no one. <laughs> <laughs> um, who am I? I'm just, uh, well, uh, I don't like that question. It's hard to answer those questions. Who, who am I? Um, I, I? I answered an interview that asked me the same question that I'm just some guy from Slough um, that just had some pretty decent opportunities and, and made the most of them. Um, some of those which took me to the Channel 4's SES Who Dares Wins. Um, others that gave me a, a, quite a decent career as an eye surgeon. Um, and then for some reason, I did a bit of close protection training and expedition medicine training and some trauma life support training. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm just someone who wants to push the limits and the boundaries. Um, and that's just taken me on a little journey throughout life. Um, and here we are, you know? Yeah. I think you're being very modest. Like uh, you, from what I, from what I've seen, it, it's all very impressive. Like you know, we I first came about uh, you on um, SADS Who Dares Wins. So you were on series five, right? Yeah. Yes. So series five. five. Yes. Yes. Which was only, I think it was in 2020, wasn't it? The end of 2020 well, it came out. October 2019 was when we did it, but it was aired yeah. in January 2020. Yeah, and then from learning more about you and, and getting to know uh, getting to know you, you're also Training to be an eye surgeon, sure, surely that must be one of the most integral surgeons out there, right? It has to be. 
it is very intricate because you kind of your your working space is like sometimes maybe three or four millimeters or, or less in in the in the in the case of retinal surgery which i don't do but my colleagues do it's you're talking about micrometers um and obviously you've got to and the neurosurgeons are pretty intricate as well but we'd, we'd say that you know amongst probably it's one of the it's called it's micro surgery that what we do rather than your standard surgery so it's a small space to work in it's yeah, it sounds incredible and, and the other bit you've done is close close protection right yeah i've just i've done i've done a bit of that just getting the courses done getting some of the experience it's been really useful actually in terms of your general the way you operate in life the way you see the world around you um the way you kind of assess risks and try and look after people mm-hmm. and your family yourself the public it, it really kind of opens your eyes to potential dangers and trying to stay one step ahead or as the united states marines call it left of bang left time yeah. so the timeline is when the bang happens you want to be left of bang because you want to see it before the bang happens yeah, you, want yeah. be, you want to be proactive rather than reactive. So do, do you see the world differently now you're walking around Slough and... Uh, well, you know what, it's, it's an ongoing process and it, it actually began, I guess, when I was um, in my late teens going to uni um, because roughly 7-7 happened at that point. I'm not sure what year I was in, but I was at maybe second year or third year or something like that. So I was going on the tubes every day in the trains and I was always the kind of person, and I think we're going to probably touch upon faith afterwards, but in terms of my faith, it's all about protecting others, being a guardian. And well, the way I've interpreted it anyways, it's all about being the last line of defense. So, you know, there was a bit of a, I think kind of the world changed after 9-11 and then 7-7, and we were all very living in a much more dangerous kind of world. Um, so I always, I decided to look at the people I admired um, which were, you know, just heroes in movies, military people, because they had they have values. I think think that, are, you know, very very useful and something that we should all aim for. And I, I broke it down into you know what makes these people tick. Um, and situational awareness um, was one of those. Um, staying alert. And I thought, well, you know, fair enough. I'm a student, but there's no reason why I can't hone and develop certain qualities that could make the difference could make the difference you know if you give yourself a two percent or a one percent chance of surviving the hostile situation you might help your fellow man you might stay alive a little bit longer to do something and i thought well those odds are good i'll take those odds i'll work Mm -hmm. on it so i used to sit in the train and i used to i used to look at people and i used to think okay how would you identify a threat um if this person was a threat what would you do and it's all mental rehearsal. You, you visualize things, you kind of go through it in your head because that's like when we do training, right? It's like when, if it does happen, your brain has gone through some form of mental model. So you won't freeze like a rabbit in the headlights. You might have some protocol to engage and get stuck in. And if you die, you die. But if it makes a difference, then you know I'd rather die making a difference than being frozen. It's funny what you said about that repetition in your mind, because I, I have read somewhere before that, say, um, as you're saying, with training, when you rehearse for something and you're doing it physically, that's the best way to prepare. But apparently you can also prepare just just as well by not doing it physically 
but just imagining it in your head. And if it, um, it's, it's, it's mad how that actually does help. I think boxers do it. Um, yeah. I'm always banging about, on about boxers in these podcasts, but boxers do it. They'll always imagine the fight. They'll Im- imagine how they're going to win. And then just, it's all about just making that happen then. Definitely. You have to yeah. visualize it. And Arnold Schwarzenegger always used to say, and I, I watch his speeches all the time, but he said he visualized his success. And like when, when training, if you, even if you're going to do a set, like when I do a set of heavy squat, and I want to do, say I want to do five reps, I visualize every rep. And I, I go through my breathing. So like, okay, I breathe in, hit the rep. Okay. And I do that five times and I imagine the whole set in my head and then I do it. And I don't think I've ever failed a set when I've focused on it in that sense. Yeah. So, Has it ever happened where you haven't focused and then you, you've missed it and you'd be like, well, that's why. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm not always at hundred percent. I'm just a bit distracted and yeah, you, you know, the, I think because the visualization, it kind of focuses you and it gets you in the moment. It's, it's good I, I never thought about that so it's this training that you go undergoing it's a good way of rehearsing uh stressful um situations and situations with high amounts of pressure because it's all about remaining calm and it must give you maybe like a checklist to go through you know remain calm check this check a check b check c yeah and if, and you can take that through this isn't just like um you know high stakes situations you, you could take that through for any any stressful situation in your life even your surgery right i mean exactly with surgery uh, when i when i'm actually scrubbing up i'm going through the motions in my head i have my little my i have a ritual when i when i'm scrubbing up i'm going through things in my head it's my like leave me alone time i'm getting ready for this and then you kind of you you visualize the successful surgery um and when you're in there and sometimes i'm like it is sometimes things are a bit pear-shaped and like you, you gotta you gotta stay calm and just kind of block everything out it's a very focused affair mm. um and yeah you can't panic and you have to really just stay on task and then that applies everywhere else because i mean i just had I had my final professional exams and i was very aware when i was sat there i was nervous right and i could feel the heart going and i was i was like oh my god i'm i'm really nervous i'm really anxious now and then the other voice kicked in and said, well, well, this is great because now is the time to practice all that stuff you're on about all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that you talk about, the philosophy, the stoicism, this is the best opportunity. Take it. So I was like, right. Okay. And it wasn't working. I was like, no, it's <laughs> 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 a load of rubbish. <laughs> no, because I, I just couldn't get myself. I couldn't get myself back. But I was like, right, fine. That exam's in five minutes. The guy's going to call you because what they do is they bring you in, give you a time, then they make you wait for like an unknown time before they take you in. So you're not sure when it's going to happen. And I thought, right, you can't do anything about it. Just think of your breathing and just let it go now because you've done your preparation. You know, you trust your knowledge now, trust your knowledge. And I dare say it, then it started to work. But it was only after like this realization of, embrace the moment don't be afraid of it now because now's the time to now's the golden opportunity to put into test all that stuff you talk about so embrace it mm-hmm. it's yeah. um we were talking about ant middleton's fear bubble before we we came on weren't we and i think that's a prime example of one of his lessons is that uh in that moment it's like it's wasted energy all that anxious anxiety and uh, nervousness that you're feeling and you can't do anything about it it's almost it's a waste and he's I think his concept was uh, allow yourself to only be nervous when there's a real yeah. 
situation to be nervous about. So it's like, exactly. relax, forget about it. It's only when you start putting that pen on paper in your exam, then you're allowed to be nervous and then you can be focused on the task. I suppose because he was saying it causes burnout, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, I mean, that's exactly it. And I was using the fear bubble technique again. I was reading that book up until we began the course in October 2019. I just got it before I took it with me on the prep. And it's, it's, it's a brilliant technique. And I remember very specifically the task when, we, when you have to do the backwards dive off the platform into the water, right? Um, and like someone who's really can't swim, has never swum before, not been in the sea. I remember we came around the, the, like one of the little ridges and you could see his, his silhouette on the platform, you know, standing like that, yeah. And I knew what was going to come. And then I, I, I could feel myself getting a bit worked up, but I thought, no, your time to get nervous is when you're standing on that edge, mm. right? For now, just take it in. And all you're gonna have to do is jump, right? That's it. It's not that hard. It is harder than it looks because jumping backwards with no support is kind of going against your natural reflexes. The way to do it is to practice falling on the bed the night before. That's what yeah. I did. Yeah, I just, just threw myself on the bed just to get over that. That When you just pass 45 degrees, when you, when you try and stop it, let that go. Um, and the exact, you're right, it's the, the fear bubble is, and it's a really good technique. Yeah, I think that's a nice segue actually in, into your uh, SAS experience. So you were obviously on Channel 4's SAS, uh, Who Dares Wins. Um, as we said, season five, um, filmed in 2019, published or put, put out there in 2020. Um, I thought it was one, it was one of my favorite series actually. I think oh, you had some strong characters on there. You had yourself, um, you were, <laughs> I remember you were one of my favorites from the start. I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> the guy in the turban, the Sikh, I love him. Um, and that was before you even spoke and stuff. I thought, brilliant. Um, James Priestley, obviously, uh, one of the, he's sent back from the future and he's like a Terminator, uh, <laughs> sent back through time to just do nuts stuff. Was it uh, Gary O and Kim as well? There's a Gary, not Gary, Chris, no, Chris, Chris. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris is like Wolverine, he was, yeah, he, he looks it as well. He's a beast, he's he really some really big athletic people on there. Yeah, and I yeah. think, I think that's what I liked about it in the previous uh, episode, uh, series is you really had, yeah, yeah. um, you had like the top end civilian athletes, you know, we had some good specimens on that one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how did it come about? What made you like, where, what? Where in your life were you at that time and what made you want to put yourself through something like that? I'd been a big fan of the show from day one when I first saw it, the series one in, in Wales. Prior to all this stuff happening on the TV and the world learning about it, I was just like a bit of a military nerd. Mm. And the, the SES had always been like these shadow warriors, you know, who, who swoop in from the rooftops and are like the, the, the pinnacle of human performance. And I don't think that's an exaggeration because of what they do and in the, the circumstances in which they do it is, is quite beyond the normal average person and quite beyond the non-average person as well, right? So I was always into that kind of like, you know, well, I'm also into the whole warrior stuff as well, right? As you know, um, and because we got this warrior saint concept in my faith. And I'd, a while back, I'd thought, well, who are the most amazing, who are the most current day who are the warriors of the current day? You would say the special forces. Like if you're living back in ancient Greece, you'd say maybe the Spartans or someone, right? So that was always kind of trying to see what makes them tick 
learn from it, you read the books, etc. Um, so when the show came, I was like, this is a great show. And then you just watch it on TV and you're like doting on their every word to learn about, you know, how they deal with fear and anxiety, etc. And then one day you just think, well, I wonder how you apply for that show. Let's just Google something. And then I Googled it and it came out, so they give it a shot. Uh, went for season four, didn't get it. Went for season five, kind of got it. And then that, that was that really. <laughs> Yeah. And what did you have to do to do? Because I, I, there's obviously a, a number of tests. Did you did you pass the tests? Good. Yeah, quite high standards. They're OK. It's, it depends. Yeah. I mean, we actually had prior to the um, ones when we did it, you had to run. And this is one of our Rockman tests. You had to do the one point five miles in nine and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite hard. We know that, right? That's not not easy to do. <laughs> That's not easy at all. I, yeah. I, I, I've still not been able to break that nine and a half minute uh, barrier. But they kind of changed it, I think, for hours and subsequently, or maybe even the one just before. They'd done um, the beep test to a certain level. Mm-hmm. And I personally found that easier, yeah, which is fine. I mean, I think if it had been the, the nine and a half minute, you, you train for that. So you, you train for whatever the requirement is, right? After that, you have to do the press-ups, sit-ups test in a certain time period. Um, and it's all quite strict because they have instructors there and you have to reach a certain depth, press-ups properly, et cetera, and kind of a sandbag carry, which is quite easy, a jerry can carry, which is quite easy. I would say someone who's relative, who's, I wouldn't say quite fit, not your usual like gym bunny types, but someone mm. who, who's got a bit of training behind them. A lot of our Rockman guys would probably pass that test easy yeah yeah um and then then it kind of comes into how you get on that show is about what your background is what your story is yeah because you've got they have a tv show to make right so (laughs) you've got to have a bit of a story to kind of bring certain characters together yeah and how how did you get on so what was um you were talking about the i met you mentioned then at the start that you you've never swum before right so how no, did you prepare for that? Like, well, they they um, it, unfortunately it was a, it was a very water based series. The one I was going to go on, which is <laughs> brilliant, cracking <laughs> of all of them, right? Yeah. Um, and then they they said that, you know they I got a call saying yeah we have we really like you but you know your your inability to swim is a problem so can you get learn to swim in like a month please? So I said well I can try but how much do you need me to swim? And they said well if you can manage about a length or two in the pool. We'll, we'll take that you know I was like all right fine so bad just went and try and got and like lessons with people and got instructors trying to help me out and just spent a lot of time and I just about managed to do a decent length well not a decent length a length yeah, <laughs> where yeah. I got from one side to the other side um it's, it's actually one of my posts on my page on my Instagram but it's quite funny some weird backstroke thing but anyway I sent that in and they, they seemed to be okay with it and that was that you know yeah and yeah. did, did you get your uh, your 50 meter badge to sew onto your, nah. your trunks? No, nah, I wasn't that good. <laughs> they didn't even give me the badge. <laughs> Are you still swimming now? Are you keeping up? Well, then then COVID hit afterwards. And now mm. since it's, yeah, now I'm trying to get back. It's, it's, it is my mission now to actually become a proficient swimmer. Mm. I think I can, you know, I'm good at all the running and this, the lifting and all that kind of stuff. But I want to turn into one of those very, I, I, I look at good swimmers in awe. You know, I want to be very adept in the water now. So that's my next task. I'll, I'll get it. It'll be fine. You need to find yeah. the time to do it. There's a lot of technique to it, isn't it? Like I, so I used to go do lengths. This was years ago now. And I'd, I'd be busting my ass, you know, really swimming really hard. And then you'd have, um, you'd have some middle-aged lady next to me, just glide right past yeah, me, like yeah, gently. Yeah. 
I don't know how they do it. It must be a lot to do with technique, but uh... I do that. I get again. I'm then. I'm like, oh, like, and then you got these little seven year old kids just like flirting around. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) I don't care. So what? How do what do you train at the moment? Like, because I know you like your squats and stuff, and you you make mincemeat of all the Rockman challenges. What does your weekly training look like? How how are you focusing it? It's always focused around some kind of powerlifting slash. I wouldn't really say bodybuilding, more like a powerlifting, bodybuilding hybrid, strength-based, really. It always was strength-based, even, you know, prior to SAS, after it. Um, so I, I, have a, I have a foundation. I believe, and I, I, this isn't my quote, but it, it rings true that strength is the foundation of all virtue, they say, right? And you could say virtue of athletic virtue, but I would, I can, I would expand it to say even non-athletic virtues, but I like structuring it around the squat, the deadlift, overhead press, bench press, and a, and a heavy row, because that's like the fundamental compound moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of like when SAS began, I guess training for that, I really paid more focus to cardio, cardiovascular capacity and conditioning, you know, being able to run a 5K at a decent time, you know, at three miles, doing up, going up hills, et cetera. Um, and then after that, coming out, covid hit and the rockman challenges i think almost started around that time maybe yeah yeah exactly that time yeah so then that was really good stimulus i incorporated that so nowadays it is just it's um a mix between powerlifting and running Mm. um not i wouldn't call myself a runner but i like having a, a decent 5k time in the bank i think that's a good good thing to have in you you know to be able to lift hard run hard because you want to be capable. I, I like being, I want to be a capable person. You know, so lifting stuff, running, being fit all the way. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it's like um, life skills, isn't it? Like if, you, if you're working in close quarter protection yeah. and you have to chase someone <laughs> and you're going to gas after 100 metres, yeah, exactly. it is for general life. I've always thought that. It's like I want to be able to run away from a policeman in town or something. If I've done something wrong. Yeah. Not that I ever do. <laughs> But you, I want that strength to hop a fence. I want the that's speed a, to run away, you know? And that's a good mindset thing. That's funny. You said, someone asked me once, I used to run a lot in the gym and some of the regulars asked, he said, Pav, uh, Pav, why are you running so much? And he said, I, I, do you want to run away from someone? And I was like, my answer was no, if I need to chase someone down, right? Because mm. I'm not going to run from someone, you know? That's mindset, right? Yeah. You're going you're to chase them down. You're going to chase the bad guy down. Yeah, like the wolf. <laughs> like the wolf. Yeah, um, yeah. before we move on to um your faith i just want to uh, just ask one quick question or two quick questions on the sas experience before we move on so i'd like to know what was your hardest most you know your lowest moment on there and sort of how did you push through what motivated how, how did you force your way through it and what was your most standout rewarding moment on there okay and there's one all right there wasn't just one, <laughs> there wasn't just one lowest moment. <laughs> what what just happens? Continuous. <laughs> what happens is the first two days are a big shock to your system. Yeah, so you, that's that you got to survive that somehow and not hand it in. The next few days are the kind of panic and despair sets in. You're like, I can't do this. I can't do. That. I was like that. I was I, many times I was putting my socks on and once i was in such a deep sleep because you don't get much sleep and they came in shouting and i i had no idea where i was i woke up from such a deep sleep it took me two seconds to figure out what the hell is this place and then then you're shaking 
trying to put your socks on your shaking and I I remember saying to myself I can't do this anymore I can't do this and you know but you do do it you know what I mean right you don't you not do it and then after those days of slight panic and despair then you start to realize that you got through yesterday you got through the day before that the acceptance phase comes and then you become like the Goggins machine where it's like I'm just going to do this like I'm I'm in this now I'm here like I've embraced it I've embraced the suffering like you've got behind you right yeah um, yeah and I mean there's very hard tasks like some you know you like the, the log carry up the mountain was pretty difficult because it was just like raining and like 50 miles per hour winds and all sorts um the lack of food lack of sleep I think Jimmy said something similar there wasn't very one specific thing it was just the constant barrage of lack of food lack of sleep cold wet always fear of when they're going to come in and make you do stuff shouting and this constant anxiety it is designed to like just break you down uh, and then but that's the beauty of it as well because it takes you to a place that you couldn't put yourself in voluntarily unless you're a psychopath but most people are right because yeah, you, you you wouldn't nat naturally you naturally you'd pull out much before that it's only when someone's there making you do it you are depending on your mindset you're going to stay there because you've come for that right you've come to learn something here you're not going to walk away from it so that was my mentality there yeah it's funny i did a podcast with um Ollie Smith, who you'll, the podcast will be uh, published very soon the other yeah. day. And we spoke about that. We were saying that um, this is what endurance challenges or any sort of fitness challenge allows you to do is to put you physically and mentally in a position that you would never be in this sort of modern civilized world. And I think it's, it's what us as humans crave, you know, that, that I, I personally believe that I think that we, we crave this challenge and, um, you still there, Pav? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what they give us. They give us the opportunity to put ourselves through these um, situations and learn about ourselves and, and grow, right? Uh, did you learn anything? What, what were the biggest lessons you took away from the, the show? I, I, I learned how I react at, when I'm overwhelmed and really stressed, which is a lot of the time. Um, I know I'm an, I'm an overthinker about things. I overanalyze stuff. So I, and I'm someone who would sometimes predict catastrophe, catastrophe, even if it's not going to come. So I'm like doing all my calculations or but this much left to do. How much? You know, I learned to let go of that. After, you know, it's not it's not worth it. You just got to be in the moment. Mm. Um, I learned what you kind of learn at a very deep psychological neurological level i'd even go as far as saying because i do think that the high levels of constant stress and perceived danger um affect your primitive brain your your limbic system as it's known as rather than your cortical conscious brain that we use for conscious work i think it goes deeper than that into the fear centers because you are in constant stress and fear but what it does to you like when you get to that acceptance phase you realize you can do stuff you know you realize there is only an end if you say there is an end as in you only will give up if you decide to give up and you know if someone has said to us oh, you're going to do this tomorrow i might have been like i'm not going to that's not going to happen man but when you're on that mountain and they just say right go and turn around and do that last 5k again you're like okay fine and you're like in zombie mode and you just do it so coming out and i remember goggin said 
that he's like our patron saint. Isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, we need a big, we need a big picture, a big mural of him, like <laughs> a ball or something like that, you know. But Goggin said <laughs> that on the other side of suffering is a beautiful world. That was his quote, and I, I that literally came to me when I came out because I came out into another world, um, and since then. And I was saying this to Ant a few weeks ago. I said, there's nothing now that even if you're in, stuck in something terrible and difficult, be it a training session or something worse, and even if you can't see the end of the tunnel, if you can't see the end of the light, the light at the end of the tunnel, you just know in yourself now, I believe that if I just stick to my guns, stick to my technique, stick to my code, I will get through it. And because that's what we did on the course. You just did not, you do not, you do not give up. You, that is never in the question. You never give up. You just keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding and the rewards will come. And I think that's probably the best lesson for life, isn't it? Yeah. It, that, uh, it'll be all right in the end because if it's not all right, it's not the end. Yeah. Something yeah, exactly. like that. I like that yeah, one. Just, just keep going. How important to you is it to keep testing yourself? Because obviously I see these as like a COVID vaccine, they start to dwindle after a few months, the resilience you build up. How important is it to, to keep challenging yourself? Really, really, really important. And you can get into a false sense of security when you, when you reach a pinnacle of staying there and thinking, right, I'm, I'm done. And then if you stay in that mode for too long, you've dropped right down again. And I, I was afraid of, if I come out of SES, how is anything gonna to top that? What will I do? But no, I, you, you just find stuff to do. You, know, you found you, Rockman. Exactly, actually. No, seriously. That, uh, that, when I was doing the Rockman challenges, and especially when it became colder in the end of 2020, running out in the wind and in, in the cold weather, it kind of stimulated Raze in the sky where we were. And, the, and that, the, that kind of tightness in your chest. And when it rained, I was reminded of it all. Um, you've got to like, you can't stay where you are because I don't think humans were built for that. And I think part of the suffering of the world today and the, the malaise is because of this acceptance of mediocrity, which has crept up on us like a bit of a cancer. We don't, we look for happiness, but we've never defined our happiness. We've never asked ourselves, what is this happiness I'm looking for? Mm. And Jordan Peterson nicely kind of describes it as well as others to say that actually, and you may have heard this saying, but it's the climb is the happiness, the struggle. Because when you get to that peak and the pinnacle, you know, you're like, okay, now what? You know, and it's the human nature, I think, is to keep on evolving and challenging oneself. And to me, that's essentially the one of the meanings of life. And I, I'd say, he said to me, what's your reason for being? Why are you on this earth? is to keep on improving. And then that brings me to the faith aspect because what are you improving to? Well, what would, what would be the highest peak to achieve? That would be perfection, theoretically speaking, right? None of us are perfect. We know that we can't be the human, but we, if we keep achieve, if we keep striving for such a pinnacle, which is unreachable, only good things can come from that, right? And Perfection, however you want to define it, you can call it a God, you can call it God. You don't have to be a religious person. You can call it 
the highest collection of all the virtues of that humankind has described. Mm-hmm. But it is a, it's a judge. It's a judge of some form, be it God, if you want to call it that, even if you're someone who doesn't believe in God, fine, you must have some value structure, right? And your job, I believe, my job, or your job, anyone's job, is to try and get closer and closer and closer to that in incremental steps throughout your life. And that includes, you know, that doesn't mean you become like some recluse who just trains all the time. That will also include family life, your career. You know, you can pick and choose your goal. You can pick your perfection to some degree, right? And that's what it's all about, I think. And that, I think, gives man and woman happiness. That's, that's the definition, I'd say. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny. You, you reminded me of a, of a graph I've seen before. Um, it was in, have you ever read Darren Brown's Happiness? No, I know Darren Brown. Though, but... Yeah, he wrote a book, like completely nothing to do with illusions or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's on happiness and it's mostly to do with stoicism. And there's a graph in there, which is like a 45 degree graph. And um, you, you'd call that graph challenge or struggle. And they said happiness is keeping in the middle of that graph of struggle. If it's too hard, say up here, you hate it. If it's too soft, you don't grow enough. And they were saying happiness is found along that line. It's the journey. And you were saying about uh, these modern times. Well, I think that's it. Where there's such um, a protective nature and a moddy coddling of people nowadays, we must hide them from everything that can hurt them or cause offense. Um, and what that's doing, it's putting them in, in that lower half of the graph. They, they, they're not going to be challenged. Um, they're going to sort of stagnate, you know? There's a, again, I'll, I'll quote Jordan Peterson again, but he says, and I, I believe in this, is you don't, you don't make the world safer, you make people braver. Yeah. I, I think that's very important to realize. And we also, there's so much now, like all this mental health stuff that goes around, right? And a lot of which is from people that are quite poorly qualified, I'd say, to actually discuss what is essentially psychology. But you know, it's, it's good intention, so you've you got to give credit for that. But I don't fully believe in the, the um, idea that the acceptance of who, accept yourself as who you are to some degree in, in, in the sense that it's, 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 it's a phrase that's bandied around because it's a, it's a nice buzzword to impress followers and be an influencer. And of course, you have to accept who you are because, you know, you are who you are, right? But you must never, you must never be content with your degree of skills, the things that you can change, you know, you have to always be striving for more because Mm. I think that's, otherwise you'll just slip into mediocrity and just plateau off. Totally. I think um, it's not about accepting who you are. I think you have to accept the position you're in, but then from that acceptance, you need to then improve. Like for example, I mean, it's an easy one to go to, but say if you're overweight, don't accept that you're overweight and just live your life overweight do something about it and I, I think that's you're, you're right this yeah. um when we're, I mean when you're not you're not any you're not any less of a person you're a, a person you know if you're overweight and obese you're a person of value you have you have everyone has a role to play in this world right I, I truly believe that but to be honest be honest you're you're overweight you're obese it's not good for your health you need to do something about it because then you will hopefully live longer be of more service to your family and and the society around you and that's good for everyone, man. Just like, you know, so there's people shouldn't take offense at that. And people who go around telling these people to say, 
no, no, it's okay. You're, you're lovely as you are. Don't, don't worry about the world. You know, it's, I think that's a little bit, it's coming from the right place. I think it's a bit misguided, really. Yeah, well, I think that that, that person's going to go through their lives um, continually getting upset, you know, rather than <laughs> doing something about it to improve their lives. Um, they're just going to stay in that same position and they're going to have the same experiences over and over and over again. And if anything, that's going to grind you down and that's going to affect your mental health more than anything. Yeah. Um, what funny. I found on the, on, the, on the subject of physical challenges, what I found with training over, over my life is when I started as a 17, 18 year old, skinny fat kid, I was about 67 kilos. Um, I started squatting. I was like looking at the bodybuilders and was like, oh, wow, they're so cool. Um, and I thought, all right, when I, when I squat my body weight, that'll be so cool, right? And okay, so I did a 70 kilo squat. I was like, wow. And then I thought, oh, when I squat hundred kilos, it's like hundred kilos, man, that'd be so cool. And I did it, it was great. And like, now I'm in the like range of like, it's not amazing, but it's like 150, 160 for reps, which for me is okay. But what that journey has done over the years has told my brain that you can achieve stuff that at one point you thought was impossible. Like you tell the starting off kid that you can squat close to, you can squat in 160, 170. You're like, whoa. I remember I was, I was young and some powerlifter guy came into the gym and he, was, he had his like hoodie on and his belt on. And we hadn't <laughs> seen him before. He was like, who is this guy? You know, this shadowy figure, right? And he goes up the squat rack and he's got some of his bros with him and they're like slapping his back. Yeah, he's like, ooh, ooh. And he, he loads up 160 and he does 10 reps on it. And, you know, I mean, it depends where you train because for some, some of the guys I've trained with, that's like, that's a warm up for them. Yeah. But for me back then, it's all relative, right? For me back then, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. You're like, you know, and, but like, then one day you do that yourself and you're like, wow. And you look back and you have to remember, you have to be very conscious of this. You have to think 10 years ago, I thought this was impossible, mm. but today you have just shown it isn't for me. Yeah. And that realization, I think, again, imprints something on your brain. And that I, that's the beauty of physical challenge. And I think people, it's not a vain pursuit. It's not just about looking good or looking, uh, you know, losing weight and all that kind of stuff. That's great. But it's what it does for your self-esteem. It, it's unbeatable. And I think, you know, if you want to get kids, youngsters to, you know, get their self-esteem up, be confident individuals, I believe the power of sport, the power of training is, is the key to unlock all of that. Definitely. I think that, well, that's where um, Rockman comes in. We, yeah. we, we do challenges because it's, you're not just doing fitness for the sake of fitness. You're also not doing it for visual aesthetics. You, you're actually, you're pushing your limits. You're improving your health, improving your fitness, and you're achieving a tangible goal. And I think that the amount of pride you get from that and uh, self-belief and confidence and improvement is, is second to none. But it's, it's funny that you were saying about the journey because people need to say people starting at the bottom of whatever journey they are, they could maybe quite be overwhelmed or intimidated by this, yeah. the big goal, but it's just incremental improvements. You just focus on the first step, get that first. And then we yeah. can do it. Exactly. Don't look at the end goal because that will scare you. And that's probably way out of your league at the moment. Mm. Just look at tomorrow's goal. You know, just look at getting your session in. You know, the first, the, first, yeah, the first goal is, oh, it's raining tomorrow, but I was planning to train tomorrow. There's your target there. Yeah. Um, don't give in. If you train in the rain, 
you're literally going to be entering, a, there's a parallel universe now that the guy who trained in the rain and the guy who decided to leave it and stay indoors, right? And those paths now are going to diverge. So yeah. you, 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 and you have the power in your hands to be the hero of that story. And that's what I love about it. That's why I always like the, the potential we all have as humans. And we sometimes forget that we kind of think it's external forces and that we can talk about stoicism afterwards, but that power is in your hands every day. And that's, I, I find that really exciting that we've been given this chance in this life to be you know, these sentient beings that we are and to take that path. So it's, it's really exciting. It's to totally. Uh, talk to me about your, your faith then, because obviously you're a Sikh. And I remember when we did the interview the first time around, I, I was, I, I sort of knew a Sikhs and I knew, I always had knew a few and they, they were really cool guys. But then you explaining it in your interview, I was like, wow, this is on another level. This is, uh, this is almost aligning with stoicism and mental res resilience and being your best self and stuff like that. Bang on. So talk to me a bit about that then. I mean, yeah, you're right. It does. <coughs> I mean, I believe, you know, people say, talk about the truth, but I, you know, I think that the truth has been, there's you know, stuff throughout the centuries where people always touched upon the truth right, where it was, as it is, right? Um, you got to look at, I think we, we kind of believe in the way we see God as, as this kind of, and the other thing I need to mention, I think, is religion itself, right? Because nowadays, if you talk about religion, some people get a bit of an allergy to the word, right? And it's like, we mustn't talk about that. And I think partly that's because of the custodians of religion, the people who practice religion, have turned it into what I call like a, a tribal or like a, like a club thing, where it's like, join my club, it's better than that club. And all you have to do is believe in this, believe in this personal woman or whatever, and you're sorted, right? Okay, so we've got his card now, he's part of our gang, sorted, right? And yep. then that, that gang's not a good one. And then, then you end up having a war and then history is, is, is written, right? Yeah. <laughs> I believe that religion and faith was always meant to be about development of the self towards the ultimate goal, okay? Now you can define that ultimate goal however you like. For me, it's it's the it's God. This and we we you know we have multiple ways of describing God in the Sikh faith, but you know it's like an energy that is formless, that has many forms and is formless. Something that is timeless. That's an amazing concept. If you try and sit down and think of an entity which is beyond time, your mind cannot fathom it. Something that's infinite, undying, um, not created. But also all the virtues we have, you know, like courage, bravery. I believe that no matter what faith you believe in, and even if you're an atheist or whatever, the collection of the highest virtues that we as humans talk about, I think that's a form of God. That's the description in a way, isn't it? Because if it's God, it's perfection. So that's your aim, right? And as and in my faith, so in the Sikh faith, um, our our religious leaders, our gurus, as they were teachers, the divine beings, you know, that was their message, basically. It was like, man, recognize yourself, that in your soul is a piece of that divine. You're like the droplet that has been separated from the ocean. Your job now is to combine with it. So that's all, you know, a job of, you know, kind of spirituality, meditation, going inside, getting rid of the ego, the, the vices, you know, the, the anger, the greed, the the, the lust, the attachments and stuff. Um, there's actually, there's something you might like. 
I've got a little quotation to read. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What we got? What we got? This 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 sums it up. So there's, I mean, I think there's always various levels of analysis when you're discussing topics like this, but this this is um a a, a, a writing from our our scriptures. I don't like using the word scripture because again, that's a very anglicized term, um, westernized term because the word we call it is our guru, which is our teacher, but um we have a, our scripture, which is we call our guru, which is basically our knowledge, isn't it? Knowledge, mm. it's not some object. Knowledge is your guru, your teacher, right? Wisdom is your teacher. So anyway, we had nine, so we had 10 gurus and the, the ninth guru um, wrote this. I'll just read the English meaning of it. It's, it's a relatively short piece. Um, so it goes, um, that man or woman, but we'll just stick with man for this purpose of the um, translation. That man who in the midst of pain does not feel pain, who is not affected by pleasure, affection, or fear, and who looks alike upon gold and dust, who is not swayed by either slander or praise, nor affected by greed, attachment, or pride, who remains unaffected by joy and sorrow, honor and dishonor, who renounces all hopes and desires and remains desireless in the world, who is not touched by sexual desire or anger. Within his heart, God dwells. That man, blessed by the Guru's grace, understands this way. O Nanak, Nanak was the first Guru. O Nanak, he merges with the Lord of the universe, Lord of the universe, like water with water. Now that's, I find, I find that very profound. Um, you can, I think hopefully you can see in that this, the kind of the journey that must be taken to kind of bring that everything into the center, right? So you're not affected by either. You become, and see Bruce Lee talked about this kind of stuff. The Stoics talk about it. And to me, it's be, always been a journey of connecting the dots. The truth has been out there, right? For you know, centuries, thousands of years. And why not? Because this God that we talk about, or this universe that gives us these blessings, whatever you want to call it, it's all out there, right? Um, and then in the Sikh faith, it was about the concept of the warrior saint is, is because essentially um, the, the gurus realize that you must have virtue, obviously, the stuff we talk about, um, compassion, courage, faith, but if you are unable to defend that virtue and the, and the virtue of others, you're not gonna be a very good citizen because you're gonna either get killed by the invader because there was lots of that in those times or people are gonna get killed. Now, the guru who wrote that piece I've just written, he, was, um, he lived probably between the, the late 1600s. So not too far, far ago, far away. Um, that was a time when India was um, under the rule of the Mughal Empire, which was, I believe, from Turkey in origin. Um, and they, had, they were ruling for several hundred years, and they had a variety of emperors. The emperor at that time was a man called Aurangzeb, um, and he was a relatively quite a vicious person. He killed his dad, killed his brothers, you know, a nasty guy to try and hit <laughs> yeah. yeah, quite. Yeah. They, you know, so the major religions in India at that time were 
Islam because of the Mughals, Hinduism, obviously the, the main religion, and then the fledgling Sikh faith, which was just in this in its early days of like having been around for like 150 years or so, and 250 years or so. Um, this emperor, Rangzeb, had a mission and um, to pretty much wipe out all opposition. Um, and they had had put in restrictions that no one could keep a court like a king, no one could have an army, no one could wear a turban, because turban was a sign of royalty back in, in, the, in the East, in the Middle East, back in those days. So the gurus turned around and said, right, we're going to have an army, we're going to keep our turbans, we're going to grow our hair, have beards, we're going to defy you to every single point, because we are free men, yeah? Mm. Aurangzeb, they say, this may, may or not be true, but it kind of describes the kind of mindset he had. They said he would only have his nighttime meal, his dinner at night, if he had amassed. Um, so the Hindus wear this sacred thread around their torso. It's called a janeyu. Um, he'd only have his dinner if he had amassed a few kilos of bloodied janeyus of Hindus that had been killed. Right. Because, right? So, so at some point, the a, a, a band of high-ranking Hindu priests, or whatever they, they came to the ninth guru because they had no help. There was, you know, the, the ruling empire of the day was wiping them out, and they came to the guru and they came for help and say, "We need someone to stand for us." And this is, don't forget, this is the guru of the faith, leader of an entirely different faith. Guru Teg Bahadur, his name was, and Teg Bahadur in our language means the brave sword. So this was someone who's he's earned the name, right? He, his father had named him the Brave Sword because he had he wasn't just he was also a very detached, saintly, ascetic type, you know, someone who's very um, a meditative person. I mean, he's a divine being. We we believe as divine beings, but they came to the guru and they said, "We need some help." And the guru basically then said, "Well, you know, um, it was actually his son who said, um, who else to help them, father? But you, you know." And the guru's like, you've learned well, of course, you know. So the guru with about four Sikhs basically marched into the capital and said to the emperor, I'm standing for these people. Um, if you, you can do whatever you like to me, but you can leave them alone. And the emperor agreed, uh, whatever his word was worth. But essentially what happened, the guru was, he never, he never gave in because the plan then was, okay, well, if we convert the guru of the Sikhs, to Islam and you know got nothing against Islam it's just these guys had the wrong impression of the of the Islamic faith which is a beautiful faith but they had the wrong impression of it you know the, the guru was tortured his Sikhs were tortured people were cut in half with sores they were put into burning cauldrons and cotton was wrapped around them and set on fire very Game of Thrones type torture right um, eventually the guru was executed um, but then what happened was the emperor did leave those Hindus alone because, and who knows what the play of the Lord was, whatever you want to call it, but he kind of, he went a little bit crazy after that. He had to just leave the capital. He went down south, but, you know, I guess, you know, I guess the PTSD of killing your father, killing your brothers, killing people eventually catches up with you, right? Yeah. Um, and he, he left, but that was an example of a leader of a faith standing up and giving his life for a completely different faith so much so interestingly that the gurus and our teachings we don't and we, i respect the hindu faith but we don't believe in their teachings you know we, we we say that we feel that some of them aren't quite the right way something's ritualistic now that's just our opinion but to to not believe in it but then stand for their right to practice it 
Yeah. I think the ultimate wisdom because you're saying, look, I, don't, I may not agree with you, but you have the right to do what the heck you want and no one should kill you for it. So I'm going to stand and I'm going to die for you. Mm. And I, I think that's very profound. And, you know, that was, I think that's the essence of the warrior saint. It's not just some bloke who picks up a sword and goes fighting. And to me, that was like, whoa, man, how, how are you going to, this is your leaders, right? How are you going to match this? Like, you've got, a, you've, got a, you've got something to really, a bar to really aim for. Um, and then there's, you know, it, it went on to, um, you know, there's, there's so many examples, but that thing I just read, um, I think to me is the ultimate aim of, it's not about, and it talks about being desireless. You know, people think that that sounds a bit negative, but it's being beyond desire. You know, you're at yeah. this complete complete peace you know you, you don't have these desires these needs these wants you're just at complete complete peace with your being um and i guess i guess that's what drives me that to achieve that is what drives me mm. um nowhere near it but you know I, I feel that as a person living in this world i need to, the warrior saint means you've got to be got to be right in here yeah and you'd be right here as well because when, when these and this come together, you can stand up for things. You can stand up for people. You can, you're, you can look after yourself because strength, as I said, is the foundation of all virtue. If you're, you're strong and you've been training and you've been embracing the suffering, you know, when we're doing the Rockman challenges <clears throat> and you want to quit and that voice tells you to quit and you, you say to it, no, right? The next time you're in a situation where your anger is being tested, your faith is being tested, your loyalty to your friends, your family, your wife, whoever is being tested, and that temptation is coming, you say to it, no, you say to it, no, and you remember the pain of your training. That's why I think physical training comes together with your spiritual training. And then to me, that's how the warrior saint is made, right? Yeah. Um, and that's it. So, yeah, I kind of lose my train of thought, but... <laughs> no, it's brilliant. I think it's... Um, it's in it makes so much sense to like, I, I get, I get this to be, to be the protector. Right. But it's not, it's it, to be the protector of yourself, your loved ones, your mother, your father, your, your sons, your daughter, the people around you, you, and, and if they all live by that, that code, no one's, you're going to limit. It's sort of like damage limitation, isn't it? You're all going to be able to yeah. together and stop any bad stuff happening yeah. you know it's not just about that it's, it's not just about it's not, <coughs> it's not a security-based faith in that sense but it's like right. it's like to to be able to conquer yourself you need to train you need to embrace the suffering of suffering of the mental training of calming your mind and all, all this you know like we mentioned about being you know um gold and dust are seen the light you kind of you're desireless you don't have these temptations but that really fits in nicely with the physical training, you know, because physical training makes you suffer and you, 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 things happen in your brain. The demons come out when you're, when you're training. And like you said, if we are, we all talk about changing the world and society and we talk about grassroots change, we are all the grassroots. So you and you're a grassroots, I'm a grassroots. If we focus on conquering ourselves, the world will become a better place if everyone did it, you know? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> It's funny you were mentioning there about um, not limiting your desires uh, for. It's one thing I've learned over the last years is that um, happiness is not found in these like material possessions and these um, 
short-lived pleasures you know whether it's sort of like alcohol or you know uh, junk food and stuff like that but it's so it's so hard to miss that you know like I, I used to live it I've always been all right but like you know you buy things to make yourself happy you eat junk food to make yourself happy you drink or you know take drugs if, if other people do that but that's not happiness I think that's pleasure and I, it's so what they're trying to teach you there is 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 perfect it's like a purist of living isn't it and it's in the books it's in it's all in these um religious books from hundreds of years ago that like the secrets there they're telling you but we live in I suppose it's this capitalist world isn't it where we we're being sold um these emotions constantly and it's about controlling those emotions and when you can control your emotions you can remain zen and focused and driven um person yeah, I mean, there, there's two quotes i remember now he said that the one one of the gurus said that without without contentment without contentment um you're never satisfied your hunger is never satisfied if you're not content if you don't have contentment and also if the man who conquers his mind conquers the world and i think that's that's very pertinent to this um because what what is you know everyone everyone wants to kind of live forever i think you know people are scared of we talked about death do we ever talk about death no i've done in some other previous um talk maybe but, you know it's it's like everyone is afraid of that but really um there's so much it, it should be something that kind of motivates you to get out there and be your best self mm. because you know time is limited right the memento mori of the stoics was just that like you could go at any moment right to live your life it's yeah. i i read a um a book on buddhism actually a couple of years ago um and again very it's all it's all very similar teachings you'll you'll find this i suppose it's, it'll probably be similar teachings to sikhism you find it in um other religions as well but they were talking about the acceptance of good times never last and bad times never last and it's like when you can come to terms to that you will never get emotional or angry when something bad happens because you'll know that it will end and it's the same with good times you'll be accepting of when they end you won't be frustrating frustrated when they're end they end because you accept that yes it's gone but there will be more good times and it's because you mentioned death there and that's that's what sort of triggered it in my head and i suppose that's it isn't it if you can accept that you get this wonderful life and it will come to an end you will get peace in that you will find peace within that and then you will hopefully live your life more fuller that's for sure you won't just sit there eat, eating your whatsips on the tv watching netflix you know well you got to have you have to have a why <coughs> of why why you're here right wait and i think that's the key to happiness you, you got to know your why and everyone's why is personal and individual to them i can't sit here and give a speech about why we should be doing things and why we should be living and training or whatever but and again we don't do this nowadays is you need to contemplate you have to sit down in a quiet place on your own for maybe 10 15 minutes a day for it might take you weeks but you want to figure out what is your what is the the what is the greatest good you can achieve yeah and how how would you define that and then you think right this is a greater good greatest good that i want to achieve i'm going to do it like this and then you actually have your you have your mission statement of for life right and this Funny, funny you're saying this, Pav, because as we're talking, I'm pulling it up on my computer. So I, it, to help the listeners, right? I don't know if it'll help them, but I, I've actually written down like these things about myself 
and I wrote them down, you know, about four or five years ago. Of oh, what, wow. what, what's my why? Why am I here? Um, and this is my why. So this, this might just help people or inspire people. It does, you know, this again, this is personal to me. Um, but my mission in life is to inspire strength and resilience within people so that they may overcome the most intimidating of challenges possible. Sounds quite similar to Rockman, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where Rockman came from. Uh, it, yeah. it came from me writing this mission statement down and it was about, I want to help my, I want to be a pillar of support for like my friends and family. I want to help inspire them. Um, and I think it, it's having this written down has really helped me over the last few years because it, it, it focuses your, your decisions um, and your efforts because you know why you're because you know why you're doing it you're able yeah. to make a better informed decision on and, where you're and going who you are here you are now four to five years it must be i mean i i'd say i'd be proud of you you know thank you but you know imagine when you started and you had nothing and i've seen rockman grow and mm. I, I i see your i see the passion you put into it um and like your genuine inf enthusiasm and i i really love it when i see people who who have a noble goal and they're passionate about it and they pour themselves into it. That we need more of that in the world. It's it's really really refreshing to see that. Yeah, and 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 you can do it. That's the thing. Is um, I mean, I as I say, I've got two kids now. I've got a full time job and two kids and my own training. And you'd think, oh my god, you have no time. But what it, it make it almost makes you more efficient at finding time and using time because. If I don't use that half an hour, that sliver, little sliver of time, if I don't use it, it won't get used. So it's made me more proficient at what I do. I'm not, I've still got no bloody time, but uh, I'm finding a way. I'm hoping as the kids get older, it'll get a bit easier. But I'll, let's let's bring it on to um, stoicism mm -hmm. while we're there. So one of the things, it was, it was actually written on the Rockman um, About Us page, I think. And I remember in one of your first messages, you were like, fellow stoic here, sir. <laughs> I see it. So, how similar is that to Sikhism then? It's it's interesting because oh, <coughs> I say I say the Stoic thought is is just that it's a type of it's a collection of ideas which transcend you know culture and and faith and religion. Um, the Sikh faith is what we feel is something that's universal, was never kind of meant to be for one people, as it were. Um, again, in our, our current scripture that we see as our guru, the living guru, we bow to it because we see it as a guru, but in there is not just the writings of Sikh gurus, but also saints of Muslim background, Hindu background as well. Um, and that's really interesting because, you know, you've got, different faiths but the thing is they all achieved that pinnacle they came from different places they all achieved that pinnacle of connecting one the one right um so i i always believe that you know i'm not one person to think that only that my faith has the exclusivity of the truth right because if i believe in a god that is eternal and was never born and never dying truth was there at the beginning right mm. and i'm sure uh, good friends Socrates, Epictetus, Cato, you know, they all came across this truth in certain ways, you know, then and, you know, people like Bruce Lee came across it. So, you know, I, I, I think there's 
what I just read earlier was, I think, a very stoic could be would be quite a stoic statement. But it's it's yeah, I, I think the main concepts of stoicism are you know you, you know you, like you said the triangle you mentioned earlier. You know what do you do? Yeah. You, um, what was I'll it? Remi I'll remind you. So, <laughs> so this was, this was the stoic triangle for happiness, and they were saying you've got to take responsibility. You've got to focus on what you can control and you've got to live with arete, arete I think it's, it's one of the words, probably a Greek word, um, which means express your highest self in every yeah. moment. There you go. I think that's probably what I, I yeah, take responsibility, um, express your highest self every moment. That's what, what's, the, what's the highest self? You know, that's the question, right? So I, I would say that from a Sikh perspective, I would say, well, that is your connection to the divine and the divine virtues because we're told to live to try and live in connection with those divine virtues at all times um again i'll quote jordan peterson because he illustrates this point very well someone asked him about god and his belief in god and jordan peterson's a very strong christian yeah so but he and he goes i don't believe in god i act as if god exists and that's very 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 um very poignant that is very useful and I, I started thinking about it I was like how does that work what does he mean by that right and I think I figured it out and he means if you act as if you believe in God that's fine only I like some people believe in Santa Claus right it doesn't really get them anywhere right um <laughs> some yeah, you get some presents I'll tell yeah, you, that, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know but if you believe if you act as if God exists what does that mean and coming back to what I mentioned earlier if we see God as the collection of the highest virtues those virtues are our judge and rightly so they should be our judge because what better judge than the than perfection so if you act as if that exists they're watching you that god is watching you you, you better step up to the bar you better step up to the plate right so i think when you live in try to live as your highest self is you're trying to always connect to that and I don't think you can go wrong with that, right? And I think that was the essence of religion. And I think faith and religion has moved away from that, unfortunately, to become more of a, like a, like I mentioned, like a club culture kind of thing. And a, you know, but if we had sent the true message of faith and spirituality, we, you know, people would embrace it. And you know, each to their own. There's wonderful faiths out there. We just get to the core of it because you my friend and everyone listening you are special and this is not one of those airy fairy instagram influencer oh you're so special yeah. <laughs> this is, you, know, you, you really are special you can you can make a difference and you just have to believe in yourself and and get out there and like you said take responsibility you know don't whine and whinge about the world bloody take it on your hands and extreme ownership jocko willink the book extreme ownership you should read that yeah take control um and what was the, the second one was um, be, be your best self, be your, be your best self. And then that's a path. If, if when we die, none of this exists and nothing, there's no afterlife and it's all a big black void. It doesn't matter because you can't go wrong because you spent your whole time trying to be your best self. And that can be like, you know, I mentioned again, because you don't have to be some kind of runner, trainer. You know, you should be. I think you should always be, always be fit and strong. But that also means like, you know, your family life, you're looking after your parents, your kids, your grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's so many aspects of our lives that we can target and, and be the best at. And when we take on those individual challenges, 
Now you must know, now you're, you're a father, now you, before you weren't a father, now you've got the first kid and the second kid. And then obviously you got the, 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 the your wife as well. And you got to be a good dad, a good husband, a good person at your job, a good rockman leader, right? You're taking all these challenges. The challenge, the happiness is in doing that well, isn't it? And then you keep, and now look, you're four, five years down the line after having this idea of rockman. And here you are. And, you know, with God's grace, I hope it keeps growing. I think it will. But how much happiness is that? You know, that that's, that's the achievement. You could have sat there and just like done nothing, but here you are. And yeah, well, a signing yeah. example. I tell you what, Pav. Like we don't, <laughs> I don't make any money from it. That's the thing. Um, if, if there is any little bits of money, it's, it's put straight back into to help improve the experience for the for the um, participants. But what you're quite right. What brings me happiness is you know going back to my mission statement about helping to inspire strength and within people so they can overcome stuff. When I get those messages from the, the the members the team the team rockman members when i see their journey uh, how they've gone through stuff and and they credit rockman for for helping them um that's what gets me i, I screenshot them i keep them in a little folder you oh, know because uh, i've had some really really heartfelt messages from it and that's where that's why i do it mm-hmm. um and believe you me there's been many a times where i've gone uh, you know it's, this is too much i need to i need to drop something and i've considered stopping rockman but it's um I never will. I never will. It's non-negotiable. It's because you know it has to. It it's what gives me purpose. That's the thing. It it it's so inside me now, and I think when you have that purpose, it gives you a drive and a meaning to get up every morning. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. I think I think you just summed it up there. That is exactly. You 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 know those those many times when you had the chance or the temptation to stop it, but you decided not to were those little mini battles that you won up here and that's not only going to be the victories that you look back at that changed your life but i'm i won't be surprised that it's going to go on to change other people's lives as well i hope so there's, there's a point in there actually i want to talk about that uh, um that should be on the stoic tri- triangle it should be a stoic square right <laughs> it should be now there's this the fourth point because talking about the rockland journey speak, speak terry the stoic here I get this right. Well, this is my uh, my philosophical uh, quote from Terry yeah, the Stoic. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> naughty word, naughty word. But honestly, I've, I've always said that to myself because I've you when doing this, I've had so many negative naysayers. people, naysayers, negative people, people maybe laughing at what I'm trying to achieve, you know, oh, you can't do that. Why are you doing this? And I tell you what, it's and I've I've always lived my life through this is. I'll, I'll say f them f them is that you're always going to have those people right trying to convince you what you're doing is wrong and it's, i think mostly it's because it's it's a mirror it's a reflection of of their insecurities they can't do it so they don't want you to do it yeah you yeah. know and um, I've, never, I've never understood that why you yeah i mean i mean it's obviously if someone's doing something wrong that's going to get them in trouble you would advise someone but yeah i mean I get that a lot as well and you kind of you know why are you doing this why are you doing that what's what's the point in this what's the point in taking that course and what's the point in close protection whatever but mm. if you believe and you know every great person's had these challenges i think you know um again arnie said it i said ignore the naysayers you know people said to him he said you're never going to get into movies that's a weird accent and you get the swatsons what's what you're talking about no one understands what you're saying right but i remember that speech of his and you know he's like ignore the naysayers right 
Um, who knows why they do it? Fair enough, it's probably a, a reflection of some kind of insecurity in them. But I've, I've always just brushed it aside. I, I don't even give them time of day. It's like, thanks very much, but you know, <laughs> we're going ahead with this plan. You know, yeah. Because you gotta, you gotta, I always said, you have to be like a high projectile, high velocity projectile going towards the target. Like some snipers fired it towards your target and nothing's gonna get in your way. If it does, if it's an obstacle, the stoic say, the obstacle is the way, right? You kind of, the obstacle will guide you. It might be a useful obstacle to say, actually now the goal is over there, right? And you change as your journey changes. But the obstacle usually makes you stronger. Um, and and if, you're, if you have that high velocity towards your goal, you, you will achieve it. You know, nothing's gonna get in your way. You need to, that's the mentality we had in SAS. I've kind of tried to maintain that mentality since then. Um, yeah, so like you never give up, right? And I learned that from Rocky Balboa as a kid watching it. The only way you're beaten is if you give up. You know, you can be punched down so many times, but you'd only really lose if you fail to get back up again. Uh, I think that's an, an important point. Yeah, and in fact, that is where the name Rockman came from. So it's I remember you saying, it's an yeah. amalgamation of Rocky and my surname Rosamond to yeah. uh, to make Rockman. Yeah, I think, I think it's very fitting. That's, that is a nice um, point to end it on, Pav. I think be high velocity, what was it? Be a... Be a high velocity projectile going towards your target. If anything gets in your way, learn from it, but generally destroy it, go through it. Yeah. Um, watch how your, your aim at your target as you go on that journey might change. The, the target might change because you're more informed, which is fine wisdom wisdom comes from knowing when to alter that path okay and you learn that along the way you might make a failure and you go the wrong way then bring it back in okay um but find out your why because without that you won't know where the target is and then be your best self and launch everything you have at it and good things will come your way that's it. I like that. Launch everything you've got at it. Yeah. Find your why, be your best self and launch everything you've got at it. I love it. Pav, what, what's on the horizon for you? What's, what's the future hold? Have you got any challenges set up? In fact, I've got a challenge coming up. All right. What's and I, I, I will talk to you about it. I'll text you after because I'm not okay. releasing it yet. Okay. But I, I wonder if you can come down and join me on it. But Ooh, okay. What have you, uh, anything on the horizon for you? Well, again, it's kind of COVID stop stuff, but since that stopped now, I mean, I want to get at, back out on the hills. Um, there's a really good, I've done it before. There's a Catran Yomp, which is for the um, ABF, the Soldiers Charity. That happens every June. That's a 54 miler in in Scottish hills, um, 24 hour walk. That's quite, I want to try and get back into that again. Um, I want to try and do um, a few more hill-based walks. Um, there's some kind of, I'm, I'm working now with World Extreme Medicine. There are a bunch of medics and, and healthcare professionals that kind of go out into the world and deliver healthcare in extreme and climates and stuff. Um, I'm gonna see how it goes. I'm trying to push myself in that line as well. Um, there's a few things I've got on the burner there, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, one of them involves something crazy in Iceland, but that's really just a, a first, um, it's in the first stages yet. Um, but I think we'll just wait and see at the moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know if anything pops up. Let us know, and we'll see how we can support you on it. And uh, will do, yeah, yeah, definitely. Where can, <coughs> pardon me, where can people find you, Pab, if they want to follow your journey? 
Oh, well, I'm on... Not your, I'm on don't give me your address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, they're not. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram, um, and uh, my, it's, it's muscularis underscore maximus, yeah, which was inspired by Roadrunner. Um, the, the <laughs> cartoon, you know, because they always have that little Latin name come up. So I, I thought of a, a funny Latin name, which is kind of tongue-in-cheek. Um, pretty much, yeah, muscularis underscore maximus. Um, I'm also on Facebook. This is my name, Bhavanadeep Singh. Um, and that's really it, to be honest. But I, I yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not some great influencer or anything like that, but I occasionally put up reasonable content. I think of some degree of value, try and think through things um, and try and give something of, of benefit and, and value that people might be able to use. Well, I, I personally like your uh, posts because I find when you do speak, um, it is always thought through, considered and thorough. And you can't argue much with what you put up with. Like it's uh, that you make some very good points. So I think people will take a lot of value from them. You got to, you got to, you got to, yeah, you got to think about, uh, and it, you might see the journey it evolves, right? Your, your thinking changes as you put stuff out there, you get challenged and you, and you wonder, hmm, that's a good point, right? You, you got to really, do you, and I'm not sure what I've said in this past hour and a bit. I, I, I try to say things I believe in. Sometimes you say things you think will sound good but you don't 100% believe it. So there's always that, always that struggle and that, that's where your kind of wisdom comes in. You try and say stuff that you really try and believe in and you, or you want to achieve. Um, and you need to try and be precise in your language. I think that's really important. Like read stuff and then you can articulate what you are thinking. And good language skills are highly important for all of us. And again, it's all about practice and you just try and you know, I, a lot of trouble happens in the world because people are not precise with their language, as we've seen in social media. So just try and be precise with your language, think about stuff, be open to new ideas, um, keep an open mind. Um, and that's how learning's done. That's how we all move forward towards a truth rather than fighting each other. We think, okay, I can learn from you. You can learn from me. Everyone's happy. Let's go home, have some tea, etc. Right? So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pav, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I, it's been really good. I, it's been really nice to talk through some of the philosophical, philosophical, I can't even say the word. Philosophical, 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 philosophical side of uh, Rockman and stuff like that. So thank you very much. I appreciate your, your time. It's always it's good to have this conversation. Um, it's been a long time coming and I really appreciate what you're doing. It's, it's a really good, it's a great thing, mate. It's, it's, it's helped me a lot and it's helped so many people. So keep thank it up. Thank you very much. Up. When you have, when you have, um, when you have the thought of this getting too much, just remember David Goggins saying, you know, you, you, you don't know me, son. You don't know me, son. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have Pav in my ear. I'd rather have that, giving your pearls of wisdom. I'll think of that. No, thank you very much, Pav. And we'll catch up soon. This isn't the, the, the only one. We will have more podcasts throughout next year as well. So I'll let you know. I look forward to it. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.